In this special tip episode of the Cross Yas podcast, Giselle talks about makeup. With all the makeup products out there and with so much variety, what is a girl to do? You think makeup is challenging for a girl? Well, consider a cross-dressing guy. It doesn't have to be a challenge if you've got the right help. And by the end of this episode, you'll learn how to buy and apply makeup like your one and only host, Giselle. This is the 13th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. You ready for it? Hey there, and welcome to the Cross Yas podcast, the podcast that says yas to everything cross-dressing. I'm your delectable host, Giselle Mirasol. Stalk me on Instagram at Giselle Mirasol, and the podcast there too, at Cross Yas podcast. We're also still on Facebook and Twitter at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. Spring finally arrived last week, and the weather feels nice and sunny here in California. It also means time to break out the spring wear. The cardigans, the dresses, the jeans. Because this is the best time to wear them. Speaking of breaks, spring break is almost here. Might be here for some of you. Spring break! Yeah! Or it might be coming up soon. I am planning to go to Thailand in about a month with my best friend Kelly and his girlfriend, so... Look for Giselle to report to you from the home of the ladyboys and pad thai, Thailand. And yes, I know you can't say ladyboy. I'm just saying that, well, because that's what they're known for. So... Alright, everyone, just calm down. <laughs> calm down. Hey, hey! Doubt I'll be able to cross-dress in Thailand because, well, my makeup runs with all that humidity down there. But I know a couple techniques to fix that with makeup that I'd like to share in this episode. So what better time to talk to you all about makeup? But before I get to that, let's get to the... Yes! Of the week! International music star Sam Smith just recently came out in an Instagram interview last week with British actress Jamila Jamil that he is genderqueer non-binary. If you recall from the Crossdress and Deaths episode in episode 9. Well, genderqueer non-binary means someone doesn't exclusively define themselves as either male or female. I personally was not familiar with whoever Jamila Jamil was, so I looked her up. Apparently she's a British model, actress, and also radio host for the British Broadcasting Corporation, also known as the BBC. But unlike Jamil, Sam Smith is almost a household name. His name may not be as easily recognizable to everyone as, say, the Beatles, but maybe you've heard some of his popular songs like Stay With Me. I'm not the only one. Or his most current hit, Dancing with a Stranger featuring female singer Normani. Look, I always found Sam Smith's music kind of catchy and refreshing, but not everyone agrees. I know some people who actually despise his singing. Sam Smith sounds different than other singers, and he's definitely got a recognizable voice that's pretty unique. My girlfriend, Kirsten, is a vocalist. You remember her from our Valentine's Day episode, episode number seven, where we talk about my cross-dressing and how it affected our relationship and how it's still affecting our relationship. Well, she has a great ear for singers, and she has said that although he makes good music, she's not the biggest fan of his voice. Her gripe, she says, is, quote, 
His voice is a little too soft palate for me. Look, all I know is that the... Just kidding. Not everyone shares the same taste in music, sure, but a lot of Sam Smith songs get plenty of radio play. So you figure that a majority of listeners probably enjoy his music. And he is a famous international music star that is a public figure, so people will listen to what he has to say. So for him to come out as genderqueer non-binary is pretty awesome, as he can serve as a role model for those who are uncertain of their own gender identity. In 2017, Sam Smith told the UK newspaper The Sunday Times that he found difficulty coming to terms with his own gender, even stating that, quote, I feel just as much woman as I am man. He also talked about his own cross-dressing adventures, stating that when he was younger, he would wear full makeup every day in school with eyelashes, leggings, even with Doc Martens and a huge fur coat. Now, I remember being surprised in 2014 that Sam Smith came out as gay because, well, not a lot of singers want to tell their fans they're not straight. Yeah, it's a new world out there, and the stigma associated with being gay isn't as pervasive as it was before, but there was a time when no one was public about their homosexuality, and if you did, you got kind of chastised for it. I can still recall when Ellen DeGeneres came out as lesbian in 1997 on her show Ellen, in this iconic scene in the famous puppy episode. This is, this is so hard, but I, 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 I think I've realized that I am, I can't even say the word. Why can't I say the word? I mean, why can't I just say, I mean, what is wrong? That why, why do I have to be so ashamed? I mean, why can't I just say the truth? I mean, be who I am. I'm 35 years old. I'm so afraid to tell people. I mean, I just, Susan, I'm gay. Lots of people were upset when this came out. Advertisers were pulling out of her show. Political groups clamored for her show to be canceled and all because she revealed her homosexuality on network TV. At the time of her coming out, she was a huge star. Also, this was the first famous person that I remember to come out on network television. Because I guess it can, you know, potentially kill your career and, you know, your life as you know it, because you don't know how people react to such huge news. Well, with Ellen, it all worked out for her, though. She was a famous comedian before she came out on her TV show, but now she's one of the biggest names out there in terms of entertainment. Hell, she's known on a first-name basis. If you ever hear anyone say the name Ellen, you'll know who they're talking about. Her daytime TV show Ellen is a huge hit, and she's won like, what, 20 Emmy Awards? Plus, what's her net worth now, like nearly half a billion US dollars? All that hoopla about her homosexuality back then? I mean, now it's like an afterthought. So maybe the same thing can happen for people who come out as being genderqueer or non-binary or just different than male and female. Perhaps staying true to who you are may help you in the long run. But being a slight different than the norm can be scary. Or if you do anything that causes controversy, I mean, you don't want to offend your fan base. You would hate to have something possibly sway listeners or other people from you as a singer or an artist. So it's understandable when Sam Smith also said that although he knew as early as 10 years old that he was gay, he was hesitant as a singer to come out because, well, he wanted people to focus on his music and not just him. He said being labeled a, quote, gay singer wouldn't make him happy and that he wanted to be seen as a singer first before everyone discussed his private life. But he had a change of heart and in 2017 said that he had finally become accustomed to the title of gay singer and even empowered by it. I remember first hearing about Sam Smith in 2012 with his songs Latch. And that La 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 song. I mean, I love those songs. I mean, I still love them. They still occasionally pop up on my Spotify playlist too. 
now that it's 2019 and he's publicly come out as genderqueer non-binary, I wonder how he feels now. Is he proud of being genderqueer non-binary, or does he still have some reservations in doing so? Because real talk, no one should be afraid of who they really are. I'm tired of everyone trying to fit into a box. If it's gender or your personality or whatever, because you're not meant to be pigeonholed. You're meant to, like, fly. We're all meant to fly. We're... kidding but really i admire those that bring awareness to other genders and it takes someone brave doesn't matter who anyone to come out and say hey i am here and i am the way i am and there's nothing wrong with it ellen degeneres did it and now sam smith for sam smith an international music starter to identify as something different than your typical male or female genders well really brings hope for the future of understanding other genders I love originality and people who are different than the norm. Again, for Sam Smith to come out as genderqueer non-binary as an international pop star should be an inspiration to those uncertain of their gender. At the very least, his coming out should get the conversation started in certain circles where people conflate sex and gender and believe that there are only men and women. Yes, we have a long ways to go for everyone to actually understand the different genders, but his genderqueer non-binary revelation is a great start. So thank you, Sam Smith, for coming out and vocalizing your true gender identity. And for all those still struggling with figuring out who you are in regards to gender, well, the Cross Yas podcast supports all of you in your journey towards true self-discovery, and I hope the things I talk about in this podcast help you. So this week, we say yas to Sam Smith and his gender, queer, non-binary revelation. And don't worry, we also know you're not the only one. And that was the yes! of the week. This episode is a tip episode, so I'm going to try my best to be as thorough as possible with anything and everything makeup. I'll even discuss the importance of makeup in our lives and how important it is to daily society. I won't get through everything because this is just one cross-dressing makeup tip episode, and I can only talk about what I know through first-hand experience and, of course, what I can quickly research online. But if I don't touch on everything, don't fret. I promise to go in-depth in future episodes about individual parts of the makeup process, like contouring, foundation, eyeshadow, etc. But this is a tip episode, only the second tip episode that I've released, but I will offer you, the Cross Yas listener, tips on what I use to make my gorgeous face gorgeous when I cross-dress. Also, it's not that gorgeous. I've just been blessed with great skin. She's smart, funny, attractive. Attractive? You know, she's got nice skin. Aw, thanks Harry Potter. Love you. And maybe you guys can use some of these tips and add it to your repertoire because some of you are way more of an expert at makeup than I am, which is great. I'll just try and talk about what I know. You may remember in episode five, cross-dress shopping mess, I talk about how to shop like a savvy cross-dresser. Well, in this episode, I will try my best to teach you the best ways to find and apply the best makeup for you. Again, I'm not an expert by any means, but I have improved on my makeup game even in the short time that I've been cross-dressing. Hint, the key? is practice. Practice? We're talking about practice, man. But here goes, the makeup tip episode. Enjoy, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, just wanna talk about Anchor real quick. You know I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Makeup plays a huge role for many cross-dressers. It's not a requirement to cross-dress, but it does help cross-dressers pass and give the illusion of being feminine. I love to wear makeup when I cross-dress, and I think I'm prettier when I do wear makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hush. But just so you know, makeup and I have a love-hate relationship. I love how makeup helps me pass and gives the illusion of femininity, but damn, do I hate the amount of time I spend doing makeup, and damn, can makeup get hella expensive. A lot of you already know, and a lot of you who already use makeup regularly, I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate. You go to the store, you see things you want to try, and you want it all. All the different palettes, the brushes, the makeup kits. You're enticed by everything. I mean, your funds, however, are the limiting factor. But still, you're like, but... But who cares? No big deal. I want more. Maybe there is more to why we care so much about makeup. In a 2017 article titled Women, Makeup, and Authenticity, Negotiating Embodiment and Discourses of Beauty, well, this was found in the Journal of Consumerism Culture, well, they discuss how women who wear makeup not only appear more attractive, but also possess desirable personality traits, and are even perceived to look more healthy and confident, implying professional jobs and greater earning potential. Also, in Monitor on Psychology, a, a publication of the American Psychological Association, they discussed in their 2017 article titled A Biological Basis for Cosmetics that men and women both rated faces equally with makeup as more attractive, but men rated faces with makeup as having more prestige, while women rated makeup faces as having more dominance. So perhaps there's a power play here involved when you wear makeup. Because I will admit, I do tend to own my persona when I wear makeup. Like, yeah, go Giselle, mm-hmm. Researchers in the same article also found that women experienced more jealousy toward women wearing makeup and also viewed them as being more attractive to men and even more promiscuous. But who wouldn't want to be more desirable, am I right? Is it my fault that I look like fire and others wish to be me? They hate us because they ain't us! If makeup makes me appear sexier, then I think I have that right. I don't know if it makes me more promiscuous, but... Boo, you whore! I think we all want to be loved and adored, and makeup helps give that illusion. I wouldn't say everyone who wears makeup does that great of a job, because, let's face it, ain't no amount of makeup gonna fix ugly. Kidding, of course, but makeup is just a tool to help you appear more feminine. And if it helps you, who cares what I or anyone else thinks? Makeup should be fun. And we all wear makeup for our own reasons, and whatever you're doing it for, I'm hoping you do it because you enjoy it. But let's dive into my makeup process, shall we? Because it's definitely a process, so let's start with the basics. But first, okay, know what you're able to spend on makeup. If you listen to my cross-dressing shopping episode, again episode 4 I believe, where you learn how to shop as a cross-dresser, you've first got to know your budget. I can't stress that enough. I mean, too many cross-dressers and women in general go so hard on their makeup purchases that they end up breaking the bank for makeup supplies that they could easily buy for cheap at a drugstore. But let's be real, drugstore makeup can be kind of pricey too, so again, know your budget. Also, when starting with makeup and with any hobby really, try going as cheap as possible at first because you're just starting out. You don't need the most expensive stuff to try out something. But do this within reason, like don't go out looking for used makeup because ugh, gross. 
find the best quality makeup you can fit into your budget and over time you'll see what you like. Once you figure out your budget, the next step is finding the right store. So Giselle, where do I shop? I've always been a huge fan of drugstore makeup. Like I'll shop at the more expensive stores here in the United States like Sephora, Mac, and even Ulta for certain things, but you can usually find me at CVS or Walgreens scouring the makeup aisles. CVS and Walgreens, for those unfamiliar, are the popular drugstores here in the US that carry lots of makeup brands like Maybelline, CoverGirl, NYX, and e.l.f., all of which I have in my makeup bag. International fans, I'm sorry, although I do travel a lot, I don't have any information about the best kind of makeup to find in drugstores outside the US. Here's a funny side story, guys. I went to Korea a couple years back with a couple friends of mine, and well, if you didn't know, Korea is one of the biggest makeup capitals of the world. South Korea, that is. Maybe North Korea is too, I wouldn't know. Hell, do they know? Perhaps their glorious leader Kim Jong-un has his own makeup brand, probably the only makeup brand called, I don't know, Kim Jong-Unastasia Pyeongchang instead of Anastasia Beverly Hills. I don't know, who knows. But we traveled to South Korea and if you didn't know, is also one of the biggest plastic surgery capitals of the world. So much in fact, according to the New York Times, South Korea has the world's highest rate of cosmetic surgery per capita. And the beauty market there generated $13 billion in 2017 alone. One of my friends decided to contribute to this already flourishing market and underwent a fat reduction in her arms at a little city called Gangnam. That's right, Gangnam? You guys have heard of Gangnam, right? Made famous from Psy's 2012 hit Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style! Well, Gangnam is basically the Beverly Hills of Korea. Upscale, huge focus on reputation and material stuff. Basically, everyone looks plastic, and they probably feel plastic too. And if you ask most Koreans, they place a huge emphasis on physical beauty. They not only go to great lengths to have surgery to manipulate their bodies, but a lot of Koreans wear makeup to cover those perceived flaws as well. At least the Koreans I know do. And in South Korea, almost everyone wears makeup, even some men. But, and I hate to admit it, they wear it so well. Both Korean women and men who do use makeup, well, they got beautifully painted faces and their makeup is always on point. Probably because they got that great skin, you know? You know, she's got nice skin. Well, I remember shopping in one of the many fashion districts in South Korea and wanted to buy makeup. I ventured into one of their stores, E2Day, or Skin Food, or something, I forget the name of it. But I had trouble finding a foundation in my color. Look, I'm Filipino, I'm dark, but I'm not even that dark like some of the darker looking Filipinos that I know. But the color shades they sold in the makeup stores in Korea just weren't in my shade. Or any dark shades, really. Seriously, their colors went from pale Casper white to drywall yellow to stained teeth beige. They had beautiful foundations at somewhat reasonable prices, but damn, they had nothing that matched my skin tone. So I asked the sales lady if they had something of my color, and she grabs a color wheel that they had, she looked at it, then she looked at me, then she looked at the color wheel again, and then she tried to compare it to my skin, and then finally she just shook her head and said, no, I'm sorry. You know, it's fine though, I guess, because I figure there aren't many dark-skinned Koreans who shop in South Korea, so the demand for darker pigments must be low. But I just wish they had something for me. So I guess, moral of the story is, good luck to my dark-skinned friends, it's hard to shop for makeup when you're dark in Korea. <laughs> just kidding. I guess there's a preference still for the pale peeps, right? <laughs> Which makes sense. But really, you should know the shades of color that best match your skin tone. And ask your sales lady for help. 
everyone is just trying to make a sale, otherwise it's bad for business. Anyways, so back to shopping for the right makeup. For you cross-dressers out there, don't forget, before you buy makeup, remember, you need a clean palette to work with. Like, how do you draw the best thing on a piece of paper if the paper isn't a clean, blank slate? Artists don't use dirty canvases, so don't treat your face like such. Clean your face with whatever cleaner you like to use, lotions, which are endless, facial cleaners, also endless. For me, I'm a set of fill kind of gal. I wash my face first with just water and soap, but then even that is too little for some people. But also, this means shaving, guys. Hair is your enemy when it comes to creating a smooth and soft palette to work with. So learn how to shave all the hair off your face, unless you get electrolysis or laser hair removal, but I'll talk about that in another episode. But get as clean shaven as you can on your face, and try and leave no stubble on your face. Again, I'll talk about more hair removal in another episode, but any way you can get the hair off your face, the easiest and cheapest I've found is razors, please do that. So let's talk about some of the makeup steps. First step was cleaning, obviously, but the first step of applying makeup begins with primer. More specifically, foundation primer. What's primer, you ask? Primer, with regards to cosmetics, is the base of the foundation or face makeup that allows it to go on smoother and last longer. So why do I use primer? Well, in theory, using primer, you don't have to use as much foundation. There's arguing schools of thought on whether or not you should use primer, or if you even require primer, but I think primer prepares your face for the rest of your makeup, so that's why I use it. After the primer, next up is foundation. For those of you who don't know what foundation is with cosmetics, well, this helps to cover flaws and kind of help match your complexion and like clean it, kind of give you an impression that of a clean face. Basically sets a nice base to your face, and you know I'm all about the base like Megan Trainer. Because you know I'm all about that base, about that base. Now after all the cleaning, the primer, the foundation, you can work on specific parts of your face. You can focus on your eyes with eyeshadow, eyeliner, mascara, and even your brows with a brow pencil. Or you can work on your lips with lipstick, lip balm, lip gloss. Or you can work on your cheeks with blush, contour with a contour kit, or even use a highlight. There's too much here to cover in one episode, and I swear to go over all of these in future episodes of the Cross Yaths podcast. I promise. I swear. I swear. I swear. But let me tell you about my routine to sort of speed things along here. But just to let you guys know, before I start naming some of the products I'll use in this episode, please note that none of these companies are paying me to endorse them. I mean, if they're listening and they want to pay me, you know, I'll let you know. I'll do it. Just, you know, hit me up. Hit me up at Cross the Ass Podcast, you know, on Instagram or at Cross the Ass on Twitter. You know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to you guys. But as of right now, they aren't paying me to endorse these products. I just found that these products work well for me. You guys, I'm sure, have developed your own loyalty to whatever makeup companies and products you guys use, and that's cool, but the following products I will mention don't offer me any extra incentive to talk about them yet, but we'll see. So can we finally talk about the products, Giselle? Okay, fine. My makeup routine is pretty boring, but it's effective. So usually, I'll spend anywhere from $50 to $75, maybe every six months. Damn! That's probably not a lot to you guys, or maybe it is. But it makes sense for me because I don't dress with makeup as often as I would like to, and it fits within my budget. When you figure out your budget, you'll find out the number you're okay spending. But currently, my makeup routine begins with washing my face with soap and warm water from the sink. Any soap will do. I'm a fan of Dove Soap. Dove Beauty, you know, it's like 2 or $3 from your local drugstore. I'll use that with warm water, and then I'll dry my face. Next, I'll moisturize my face using Cetaphil Moisturizing Lotion. 
which you can easily pick up a small travel size, like a three ounce bottle for like $2 at the local drugstore. After that, I'll dab some HD primer from Makeup Forever around my cheeks, forehead, bridge of my nose, and wipe it around the rest of my face. HD primer from Makeup Forever can run on the pricier side, about $34 for about 30 mLs, but a cheaper alternative I'll also use is NYX Studio Perfect Primer that's $10 and is also 30 mLs. The next step is foundation. I'll apply my foundation in the same areas where I had put primer. I own too many foundations because over time, if you like to use makeup, you'll want to explore the different brands and colors for your face. But currently I'm using Maybelline Dream Foundation number 55. You can grab this at your local drugstore. I think it's about $12.99. It's compact, so it's perfect for on the go. And I like it a lot. Next, since I have a five o'clock shadow, I'll apply orange lipstick to the area where my beard and mustache were and then place more foundation on that to hide it. Any orange lipstick will do. You can find one at MAC for like $15. But I've also found beard makeup to be quite helpful. I currently use Ben Nye 5.0 Sharp Beard Cover in Olive Color. This will run you about $9.50 on the alconemakeup.com website before shipping, but I've found it to help that deep discoloration that the stubble color gives off, even better than orange lipstick. Next, I'll use a bit of contouring techniques to my nose and cheekbones. If you didn't know what contouring is, contouring is what allows you to make shapes for your face as you manipulate lighting with shades of darker colors. Currently, I'm using the Maybelline Master Contouring Kit. It's about $10 at your local Target, and it has three pieces that come in the kit. You've got your contour, your highlight, and blush. I'm a fan of makeup kits because they're easier to travel with because I'm always on the go. I use a small concealer brush and place some of the contour on the sides of my nose to make my nose appear thinner. And then I'll use an angled contour brush to paint the sides of my cheeks to appear elevated and give it a sort of shadow effect. Next, I'll use concealer. Concealer, oh yeah, duh, I forgot to mention that, concealer. It's what you use to help lighten the areas under the eyes. Not everyone uses concealer, but it helps cover those dark circles under your eyes. You can also use it as a primer for your eyeshadow if you'd like. Well, the concealer I'm currently using is Maybelline Face Studio Master Concealer. Runs about $7 at your local Target or Walgreens, and my color is in a medium color. I'll put a little on my finger and just dab it lightly underneath both my eyes, enough to cover the bottom eyelids. Sometimes I'll even apply the concealer using a brush. Ah, crap, I think I forgot to mention brushes. Okay, so I'm a big fan of Morphe brushes. My friend Beverly put me on those. Thanks, Beverly. Morphe used to be an online store, but now they have like physical stores and malls, which is pretty exciting for those who don't have the internet yet. And if you don't have the internet, how the hell are you listening to this podcast? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, really, get the internet? What the heck? Anyways, I purchased their 18-piece professional brush set for $20. It's a great set with all the brushes you need from a foundation brush to a concealer brush and a small fan brush for your highlights. After the concealer is applied, I'll work on the rest of my eye makeup. I'll sometimes use my concealer as a substitute for eye primer, but normally I'll just use NYX eye primer, which will run you about $8 at Walgreens or CVS, but there seems to be a sale on it right now at Ulta where it's $5. I won't typically wear eyeshadow, but if I do, it's something with vibrant colors for something out on the day, or a smoky eye color look for my nighttime adventures. But I'll play around with eyeshadows and different palettes. I'm currently in love with NYX's Ultimate Shadow Palette. Lots of neutral colors in there to choose from. It's about $18 on NYXcosmetics.com. I've also used Smashbox eyeshadow as well. I also like to mess around with eyeliner and perfecting the wing-tipped cat eye look. But there's different types of eyeliner products available. There's the eyeliner pencil, the eyeliner gel, 
eyeliner felt tip, eyeliner brush tip, eyeliner mechanical twist up. I'm sure there's more, but I like the eyeliner felt tip. Currently, I use the Wet n Wild Eyeliner H2O Pro Tip, which will run you about $4 on the Target website or the Wet n Wild website. But also, I own the Maybelline Eye Studio Master Precise Eyeliner in 110 Black, and that'll cost you about $7 to $8 at your local Target. For my eyebrows, I actually don't use makeup. They're bushy as hell, and I get them threaded every month or so. Which works best because they're thicker, healthier eyebrows, and that's the new craze. Remember the thin, barely there eyebrow look that was the rage in the 90s? You used to look at the eyebrows and be like, What they at, dude? My girlfriend recommends the Glossier Boy Brow, though, for those who need a little help in their eyebrow look. So look towards that if you guys like. Glossier Boy Brow comes in four different colors, clear, brown, black, and blonde, and will run you about $16 on the Glossier website. So after the eye makeup is done, I work on my lips. I'm a huge fan of Smashbox lipstick. Colors depend on the mood and occasion, of course, but on a day out, I'll usually wear a nude red color, maybe a pink one. But on a night out, I'll wear a darker shade, like a darker purple or a darker red. Their lipsticks are on the pricier side, about $21 for their B Legendary series, and that's about three grams. Tons of loud colors to choose from, but there's tons of other lipsticks that I own from other brands like MAC and NARS. Also, that's on the pricier side though, like they range from $16 to $25 for lipsticks. As for the rest of my makeup routine, it finishes off with a highlight and blush. The Maybelline contouring kit I spoke about earlier contained a highlight and blush in it, but sometimes I'll use the e.l.f. highlighting kit, which is the e.l.f. illuminating palette, which will run you about $6 on the e.l.f. website. After that's all done, I'll use a setting powder, especially if I plan on taking a lot of selfies. I live by a Makeup Forever's Ultra HD Micro Fine Finishing Powder. I'll pat that all over my face and you don't really need much of it. This is on the pricier side though, as currently on Sephora's website, a travel size 4 gram bottle will run you about $20. To set your makeup means you're wanting to prevent it from smudging or creasing. The HD powder helps me a lot, but I also sweat profusely. Even worse, with makeup. So there are setting sprays available to further stop your makeup from creasing, and the one that I've found that helps me a lot, and I also can't ever find in stores, is Urban Decay's All Nighter Setting Spray. Ooh-wee! This stuff is Fire. Sold at Ulta or Sephora, the Urban Decay Setting Spray 4 ounce bottle will run you about $32, but there's a travel size that's 1 ounce and that's $15. You guys should get it because that stuff works. It sets my makeup for the rest of the night and sometimes even the next day. I highly, highly recommend this product, especially if you can find any in stock. And that's my makeup routine. Again, I'll go in depth in each individual step in future episodes, but for now, let's leave it at this. One thing I neglected to mention for makeup is check to see how sensitive your skin is to any of these products. These makeup products have tons of chemicals that your body may not necessarily enjoy. Like you might break out as your skin may react to some of these products. Haven't you heard like countless stories of people's skin reacting in all sorts of ways to different kinds of products? So try some of these products before even purchasing them, or really any product really, and see what works for you and your skin. Speaking to you about my makeup process may make it difficult for you as a listener to actually visualize what it looks like. This is the beauty of YouTube. For those who want to learn more about how to use makeup correctly and want to observe someone actually apply makeup, I recommend watching YouTube tutorials. I think YouTube.com has been around since 2005 and one of the first famous makeup gurus that I ever followed was Michelle Fan. Michelle Fan was a huge star with her Barbie Girl transformation video that has now amassed 67 million views and that like premiered 10 years ago. 
This tutorial is going to show you how to look like the perfect plastic Barbie doll. Barbie's skin is flawless, so start off with acne serum that reduces blemishes and large pores. I'm using Iku's acne. She spoke in such a quiet voice, and her videos were simple and easy to follow. 67 million views isn't a lot compared to what other videos gain these days, especially in over 10 years, but I remember watching her, and it made me want to look for other YouTube gurus. Today, there's an endless number of YouTube gurus, or whatever you call them, who go step by step and show you what kind of products they like to use. For those cross-dressing men who want to learn how to use makeup better from male makeup artists, I can think of a couple like Manny Mua, Wayne Goss, James Charles, and Jeffree Star. You can also pick up tips from top female makeup artists as well, like Desi Perkins, Promise to Mang Fan, and Zoella Sugg. Like I said, it's a lot easier to use makeup when you can visualize it as opposed to just learning through a podcast, so please, use YouTube. Not saying you can't learn from me, because, well, I'm... But visualizing makeup through YouTube tutorials has helped me a lot, and it's got me to be where I am today. Now, really, you don't have to wear makeup. If you want to cross-dress and like what makeup does for you and how it makes you feel, then do it. Just do it. Do it! Just do it! I think cross-dressers wear makeup to feel pretty because we've associated makeup with being feminine. And the goal for some cross-dressers to be feminine is to do makeup well. And if you can do makeup well, then you can pass, and if you pass, then therefore you did a great job, etc. But if you don't want to wear makeup, that's fine too. No one is forcing you to wear makeup, it's just fun to do so. But it's also a skill, and if you want to get better at a skill, well, you gotta practice. You just have to practice. We're talking about practice. But also watch where you wear makeup, because not everyone pays attention to their surroundings when they wear makeup. Like when we went to Taiwan, unlike Korea where everyone I saw wear makeup, even some men, well, in Taiwan, no one I saw was wearing makeup like I was, which might have made me stand out more. I'm sure Taiwanese people wear makeup, but in the spots that we visited, I didn't see them. At least as dramatic as I was wearing my makeup. I was wearing bright red lipstick, pretty bright eyeshadow, and I had big old earrings. So I was out there in public and I stood out like a sore brown Filipino thumb. So be cognizant of your surroundings. Maybe tone it down on the makeup based on where you are. Like you wouldn't wear full drag makeup, which is typically more dramatic looking with exaggerated eyeshadows and excessive blush to say like to like a funeral. I mean, maybe you're honoring someone who died in drag. I don't know, but that's why I say typically you don't wear this to a funeral. But whatever, do you boo-boo. So just so you know, you all don't have to wear makeup if you don't want to. Makeup doesn't make you a better or worse cross-dresser. doesn't make you any less prettier. It's just a tool. It will help you pass, but maybe makeup is really just an artistic way to express yourself in a way that you want to. It can be fun, but it doesn't have to be stressful. So just wear makeup and have fun with it. So to that I say, if you want to try makeup, well then just... Wake up! Wake up! And that's all for this week's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I talked about makeup. I talked about what I used, my products. I talked about how I apply it. I hope you guys learned a little bit more about cross-dressing. Again, I'm sorry if I didn't get too deep into the stuff regarding out of shadow, contouring, and whatever. But I do promise that I will get into more of that stuff in future episodes because, again, I only have so much time to talk to you. Next week, I have Gabby. She's a... 
motivational public speaker. She talks about her cross-dressing experiences at first, but turned out she's a trans woman who's awesome. You guys will learn a lot from her. It's actually a really long interview or a talk I had with her, and it's actually going to span about three episodes, so tune into those episodes, but I promise they are very, very good. Other stuff upcoming, we'll see. I have more interviews in place. I have a bunch of other stuff I'd love to talk about. Stay tuned to that, guys. But as always, thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening. And remember, always, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.